treat. Get ready to hear God's word and expect it to produce a great change in your life. Today we want to talk about no fear. Replacing fear with faith and love. Overcoming fear. Uh, fear is a tool of your enemy or your adversary, the devil. It is the instrument whereby he many times controls people's lives. And so, recognizing that fear is a tactic of the enemy, the Apostle Paul encourages and exhorts us not to be ignorant of Satan's devices, meaning uh, we're not to be ignorant of his mode of operation, how he operates, how he works against us. If you're going to be effective uh, as a soldier, you would want to know how your enemy thinks and how your enemy works and what kind of tactics, tactics they may use in order to win the battle, so to speak. Or if you're a policeman, you want to have some understanding of how people function, how they think, and how they operate, and what their tendencies are so that you are able to respond appropriately. Are you, are you with me? So, if you understand your enemy or those who would try to take advantage of you in the natural, uh, you could have an advantage. If you understand how your enemy, the devil, works and how he works against you, then you would have then an advantage. You would have an advantage uh, in your warfare. And spiritually, there is a warfare. Uh, we are admonished to war a good warfare. Uh, we are admonished in Scripture to fight the good fight of faith. And so a good fight would then be a fight that you win. You may have not won all of your battles, but you're planning to win the next one. Amen. In life, you may not have won all of your battles, but you're planning to win the next one. Amen. So in other words, you get up again. A righteous man may fall seven times, as Scripture says, but he'll get up again. He or she will get up again. So life may hit you. Things may happen. The devil may seemingly take advantage of your life. But the more you learn how to walk with God and walk by faith and walk in the word and walk in love and walk uh, in line with God's uh, promises and his word, then you're able to win in life. Uh, whatsoever, the scripture says, whoever, is another word, a different translation, whoever is born of God in First John chapter uh, 4, whoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is a victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. And so God wants us to win. He wants us to overcome. He has designed a way whereby you can overcome. And first, he gave you life on the inside that is an overcoming life. And he has given you a faith uh, that overcomes the world. This is a victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Well, understanding how your enemy works. Let's go to verse 14. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, that's speaking of all of humanity, we're all flesh and blood, we all have flesh and blood if we're living as a human being. He says, for as much as we are, 
partakers of flesh and blood, he also, speaking of Jesus, also himself likewise took part of the same. Jesus became a man by taking on a body of flesh and blood. And so Jesus became man. He was born of a virgin, as we know, and he became a man. He was born in a human body, took on a flesh and blood body. But then he did that with purpose in mind. He lived as a man. We know that he was uh, a sinless man. He lived uh, a sinless life, was tempted in all points, like as we are, the Scripture says, and yet without sin. So he resisted sin, or he resisted Satan. He resisted the devil, effectively. Thank you, Jesus. And some people say, well, that was Jesus, but he is your example. And so, Jesus, being our example, resisted the devil. And so, in this verse, it says he took on a body of flesh and blood, and he, next phrase, he went through death. He went through death. Why? That he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil. So, the devil uh, had the power of death, and he was a the author of death and the uh, instigator of death. And he, uh, we know from Scripture in uh, John chapter 10, the thief, the devil, came uh, but for to steal three things, but for to steal, to kill, and to what? Destroy. So that's Satan's mode of operation. That's what he does. He steals, he kills, he destroys. So whatever fits in those categories, you would know the devil is working against your life. And so, Jesus, in the latter part of that verse, said, But I am come that you might have, what? Life. And that you might have life more abundantly. So, Jesus' operation in our life is to give us life. Spiritually, in our soul, in our mind, in our emotions, in our bodies, give us life in every way. God gives us life, and life more abundantly. Amen? So if Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy, Jesus comes to give us life and to give it to us more abundantly, uh, then we want to be able to recognize or or to discern between the two. For example, it says in Hebrews, it says it this way, it says that uh, you're able to discern between good and evil having your senses exercised. Thereby, In other words, you're able to develop your sensory, spiritual senses and your own, uh, your own mind in a way. You're able to then recognize between what is good and evil. First uh, step to making a right choice in life would be uh, to recognize what is good and what is evil. Or what is right and what is wrong. What is uh, a blessing and what is a curse. Uh, Because you cannot make a good choice for right if you don't know what's right or what's wrong. Now, God gives every man a conscience, but you can develop your conscience. Are you with me? Every one of us were born with a conscience. God put a conscience in man. Well, the scripture says a person's conscience can be seared. In other words, seared, it can be burned and uh, ineffective. And that's why people... 
lose their minds, so to speak, and do uh, cruel things and hateful things and are murderous and that type of thing is because their, their conscience becomes seared to a point that they can do things and not hardly feel it. So then, uh, in this case, as a Christian, as a believer, uh, understanding you're born again, you've got the love of God shed abroad in your heart, you're born of God, born of love, and so therefore, uh, there's something, uh, you've got a beginning point, you've got a, uh, a reference point, uh, your spirit is your reference point, who you are in Christ is a reference point. And uh, becoming sensitive to what is right and what is wrong, what is good and what is evil, and making right choices in your life because you are faced with choices every day of your life. You will choose good and you will choose evil, one or the other. Everybody has choices every day of their life. And uh, so what are you going to do with your life and what are you going to choose and what is going to be your response to life and the temptations that come to you because temptation comes to every person. So in this verse, again, he says uh, that Jesus went through death. Everybody say, through death. Now, through death means that now Jesus, he got through it, means that he was made alive again. There are religious figures that whole religions are built on. That they died, but they were not raised again. Now, some may claim that someone, some of them were raised, but they died and they were not raised again. Jesus died and his death was redemptive because he was the son of God. He had the ability to take on our sin because he was sinless and he could taste our death. And then he could get out of that death and prove that a man can pass from death to life. And he is referred to as the firstborn from the dead, the one that passes from death to life. From death into life. And so, he went through death. By going through death, he destroyed him that had the power of death. Because Satan was the lord of death, and he was the king of death, and he controlled through death humanity. For example, the first family... Adam and Eve, when they died spiritually, they sinned against God, and death came, spiritual death came as a result. Then you see in their first family, their kids, after they have died spiritually, their kids were affected by spiritual death, and Cain kills or murders his brother Abel. And so, you see death having its effect, spiritual death having its effect in the first family. But Jesus got in a body, lived a sinless life, lived totally free from sin, proving that a person could do that. It is possible. Hello. He was sinless. Amen. But we've all sinned. But he went into sin. He went into death. And he came out on the other side and destroyed him that had the power of death. That is the devil. And so the control or the chokehold, if you will, that the devil had on the human race was broken. You say, well, the devil is still real, and we do know and recognize the devil is still real. He's still in the earth. He still controls a lot of humanity, but he has, his authority has been destroyed. In other words, Satan has no longer any authority over your life. Are you with me? 
So then, let me give you a scripture for that. And it could give you many, but I'll just give you one. But in Colossians 1 and verse 13, it says, Who God has delivered us from the power, or other translations say, the authority of darkness, and has what? Translated us into the kingdom of God's dear Son. So we have been delivered from or out from the authority or the jurisdiction of darkness. And so Satan has no jurisdiction, meaning that he can't, he can't cross the line as long as you recognize it and resist him. I didn't say he wouldn't cross the line. I said he can't if you recognize it and resist it. So the devil will try to cross the line all the time because he's the devil. He's a thief. You know, you can set boundaries around your house, and thieves will still try to break in and steal, right? Because they're thieves. That's what they do. That's what they are motivated by, and they want to steal what belongs to somebody else. So you can set the boundaries, but if you stand there and with your gun, resist them. Then that boundary is enforced. It's not just a wall. It's a gun. Praise the Lord. That's how you stand against. If somebody comes in your house, they are there for no good. They're not there to protect you. They're not there to say, we love you. They're there to steal or kill, right? Thief comes not but for to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. So that's why they're there. That's why you're going to win. You go ahead and make up your mind. You're going to win if they come in. So you have to, it's called self-defense. You have to defend yourself. Because if you don't defend yourself, the devil will take advantage of you. Thieves will take advantage of you. So as a Christian, as a believer, the devil comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. But thank God we have authority over the devil. Somebody say, I have authority. So you have authority over the devil, so you need to stand in your position of authority and resist the devil. Are you with me? So in this verse, he said, Jesus went through death, destroyed him, the devil, that had the power of death, or he was the Lord of death, or he was enforcing death on the human race, but Jesus came to deliver us from that. Because the next verse, it says in verse 15, And deliver those who through what? Fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Now we have a key to Satan's operation. Remember, we want to be knowledgeable. We don't want to be ignorant on the battlefield. In spiritual warfare, you don't want to be ignorant of your enemy's operation, the way he operates, his devices. And so he says here that Jesus not only went through death and destroyed him that had the power of death, the devil, but he also delivered those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Meaning that through fear, Satan is using fear as an instrument. He has used spiritual death as an instrument. And he's using fear as an instrument or a weapon of warfare so that he can then control you and keep you in bondage. Fear is, according to the scripture, is tormenting. 
So the devil is a terrorist and wants to torment you. And so he wants to torment people's minds. He wants to torment them mentally, emotionally, physically. He is a terrorist, if you will. So the devil wants to strike fear in your mind. He wants to strike fear in your emotions, strike fear in your physical body, right? He's a liar, and so he tells you lies. He puts thoughts in your mind to try to get you to buy into those thoughts, those imaginations, doesn't he? And so by doing that, then in other words, you buy into that lie, you buy into that thought. In other words, there's a lot of different ways that death can uh, be explored or or, or manifest in a person's life, if you will. I mean, spiritual death is having an effect on people everywhere today. Are you with me? For example, you know, fear comes in a lot of ways, doesn't it? Fear can control a person's mind in a lot of different ways. I mean, people are afraid. They're afraid that they're going to lose a friend. Some people, uh, you know, they'll let go of their character so they can preserve their friendship. Well, it's not worth it. Just keep your character and let the friend go. Amen. But if they're a valuable friend and they have character and you want to maintain your friendship, don't live in fear that you're going to lose your friend. Be a real friend. Show yourself friendly. And the scripture says you'll have friends. So then God will enable you to preserve your friendship. Don't sacrifice your character for your friendship. But you can preserve your friendship. But people live in fear. Some people uh, think nobody loves me. Nobody wants to be my friend. Nobody cares about me. I mean, it can be tormenting, can't it? Well, some people, I mean, someone was tell, telling me after the service today that uh, someone, someone in their family was so tormented that people didn't love them, people didn't uh, care for them, uh, that they got in such fear that they just withdrew from all of life and just withdrew from people and just were living with all the shades pulled in their house and just living uh, with no care for themselves. In other words, the devil just to that extreme was just defeating and tormenting them and oppressing them. You know, Jesus, she said, but I, I started experiencing depression, but Jesus and the Word of God set me free. As a testimony, she said, that, that happened to me years ago, but I started hearing the Word of God, and it set me free, and, uh, and you laid hands on me, and the power of God came on me, and, and I got in the Word, and the, uh, the Word of God just set me free, and, and I'm delivered today, and I'm living free. So the same spirit wanted to operate against her a relative, same demon, same devil. So you got to recognize the devil uh, hates you. And he, and he wants to destroy your life. But thank God you have authority over him. I said, thank God you have authority over him. You have authority over the devil. Now, if you recognize how he works and he uses fear, well, that thing started in her life just by fear, just uh, that people didn't love her, people didn't care about her. Right? And you start meditating on that, 
And then the devil adds another uh, lie, another lie, another lie, another lie. And it just expands to the point that a person just cannot function in life. Well, the devil is such a liar, he wants to destroy your effectiveness. He wants to take you out, right? But thank God for the blood of Jesus. Thank God for the blood of Jesus over your spirit, over your soul, over your mind. And you have an authority in Christ that you can resist the devil. I know even from personal experience as a teenager, the devil started oppressing my mind. I I started hearing the word. Thank God I started hearing the word. But the devil said, I'm going to put the pressure on to see if I can stop him. Well, he tried really hard, but he didn't. Hallelujah. I came through that time of depression, came out on the other side, the grace of God and the word of God and faith in God and understanding and being able to discern between my spirit and my soul and and my thoughts and the intents of my heart, I knew based on the Word of God and revelation of the Word of God that I was able to then resist the devil. Now, it was a test, and it was pressure, but by the grace of God and by faith in the Word of God, I was able to get through that. And I'm telling you, you can get through whatever the devil throws at you. Because the faith in God and the Word of God will enable you to get through. Hallelujah. Jesus went through death, hell, and he came out on the other side, and he is victorious over death, hell, and the grave. And he said, I have the keys of death and hell. I have authority. And he said, now I'm giving unto you authority. Praise God. That's what he said. And so now you have authority as a believer and learning to exercise that authority and resist fear. Because he uses fear, he puts a thought in your mind producing fear, has something to happen in your life that produces fear. He can stir up circumstances in relationships. He can stir up circumstances in your marriage and in your family. And he tries to make you afraid that you're going to lose your family. You're going to lose your wife. Come on, lose your husband. Come on, the devil is a liar. He'll try to stir up things in your body. He'll try to put fear in your mind concerning your health. Right? And if you've lived life very long, you know the devil will put thoughts in your mind. And what you do with it is going to determine the outcome. What do you do? You resist the devil and resist fear like it's the devil. Praise God. Now, that doesn't mean that you're afraid of the devil. No, it means just the opposite. Hallelujah. You're not afraid of the devil, and you're not going to be afraid. You're going to stand up to his lies. You're going to stand up to his fears. You're going to stand up to those things and resist it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody say resist it. Now, I was just uh, sharing in the first service this morning, my wife, years ago, uh, she was, if some of you know the area, just on Rainbow, just across the highway here, on Rainbow, she had a Mustang, a little convertible, and so she was come out of Walmart and got in her car, well, she heard a, a siren, and when she did, it was like the devil said, you're next. Well, it seemed supernatural, and it was. That thought came to her mind, you're next. And so, of course, understanding that she had authority over the devil, and not every every voice that comes to your mind is the Holy Spirit. 
And knowing that, recognizing that, that everything's not, everything that's supernatural is not necessarily God. It's the spirit of this world. And so this voice came to her mind, uh, you're next. In other words, and then it was fear was the next thing. And so you've got to recognize if it produces fear, Holy Spirit never puts fear in you. I said, Holy Spirit never puts fear in you. Not, you know, there's a, a natural fear to, uh, in other words, to the point that you, you know better than to walk across the street when the cars are coming. You know, there's natural things that are, uh, that are good and healthy for you, right? But there are spiritual things, forces of darkness that are not healthy. Fear is, for the most part, is not healthy. Are you with me? And so... Uh, You have to resist fear. Well, she did. She resisted that thought. She took authority over it. Well, then she drove out of the parking lot. You know, back then, if if you remember, it was not very safe crossing that traffic. If you're turning left out of that parking lot, you got to cross the two traffic lanes, and it just was not a safe situation. And so, so she pulls out. When she did, immediately she saw a car coming. She put a little punch in it, and, and um, you know, it's a Mustang. It wasn't a six-cylinder. It was a V8. And it didn't have a lot of the, you know, uh, more not- modern technology where it would control your fishtailing. And so she started fishtailing. She went over in the other lane, oncoming traffic, but was able to get back. But God protected her. Well, the devil... Still wanted to test it. The devil is out to destroy, right? Are you with me? But the Holy Spirit was helping her to recognize the devil came to steal, kill, and destroy. And that was not the Spirit of God. I said that was not the Spirit of God. That was not the Holy Spirit talking to her. That was the devil saying, you're next. But thank God for the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of truth. Everybody say Spirit of truth. Now, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. Jesus is the author of life. Satan is the author of death. Praise God forever. Now, I think about another story with Brother Hagin, Kenneth Hagin. Now, he prayed by faith and asked God to heal him. Supernaturally, he was raised up. He had been on a bed. He was paralyzed for 16 months on a bed. And he had had a deformed heart, incurable blood disease, so really no hope. Doctors gave him zero hope. Told told his family, and he, he was going to die. He was going to die. So, you know, really no hope. Well, he got revelation of the Word of God that by faith he could pray and God would answer. And God answered his prayer. He was raised up supernaturally and healed. And then he had told his grandma, lay my clothes out because in the morning I'm going to get up. Because I'm, I'm going to be healed. So he, he got up, put his clothes on. Supernaturally, it's a story. I don't have time to tell it all. But he got up, went to the breakfast table, and sat down at the breakfast table. His grandpa said, is Lazarus raised? He said, yes, the Lord raised me up. Well, then after breakfast, he went back to his, his bedroom again, sat down in the chair, and he heard a voice. And that voice said, it's appointed unto man once to die. And after that, the judgment. But first he said, yes, yes, the Lord has healed you. 
The Lord has raised you up. Yes, the Lord has healed you. I mean, he acknowledged that the Lord had healed him. And then he said, but it's appointed unto man once to die. And after that, the judgment. And today, it's your time to die. And he started thinking about that. In other words, the devil quoted the Bible. But he misrepresented the Bible. He actually misinterpreted, as far as the way he said it to Brother Hagin, the Bible, the Scripture. You know, he did the same thing to Jesus. Jesus, in the, in the wilderness, was tempted of the devil, the Scripture says. And the, the devil started saying things to Jesus. If you're the Son of God, command these stones to be made bread. And Jesus responded back. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. In other words, Jesus spoke the word of God back to him. Well, he questioned Jesus who he was. He said, if you're the son of God, command these stones to be made bread. Well, Jesus spoke the word back to him, right? Well, then he, he came at a different angle. and He spoke to him. And, he, and, and then he told him to cast himself down from the uh, pinnacle of the temple. And he said, what? For God will give his angels charge of you. He quoted the Bible. The devil. Imagine that. The devil quoted the Bible. Like he's trying to be real super spiritual. All right. So he's like really trying to help you. No. He's not trying to help you. No. He quotes the Bible to Jesus. What Jesus said. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. In other words. The devil was misrepresenting the Bible. And Jesus just spoke the word accurately right back at him. And three times he quoted the Bible to the devil, and it said the devil left him for a season. Well, you know, if, if the devil would tempt Jesus like that, you know he'd do that to you. Am I helping anybody? Now, and so back to Brother Hagin. Brother Hagin heard this voice say, you know, it's appointed unto man once to die, and after that the judgment, today's your time to die. Well, you know. Uh, people put that interpretation. I've heard people quote that verse of Scripture, and they'll say, well, this is your time. No, it's not necessarily your time. God's best, God's best. Now, we know that people die early and in life and in age, but God's best is that people live out their full life, that he would satisfy us with long life. Accidents happen. The devil takes advantage of people's lives in a lot of ways. He was trying to take my wife out right then. Do you understand me? He's out to kill, steal, and destroy. And so in that case, uh, Brother Hagen started, uh, you know, he's just a teenager. He's uh, 16 years old now. And uh, so here he is as a teenager. He's sitting there, and he starts thinking about that. And he, and he started getting depressed because he thinks, well, yes, the Lord has answered his prayer and healed him, but now... The, the Lord's going to take him to heaven, and he's going to die. Well, he doesn't want to die. He's a young man. And so he's starting to think about that. But then the Lord quoted something to him from Psalm 91. The Lord will satisfy you with long life and show you his salvation. In other words, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth and will help you to discern what the spirit of truth is saying, what the word of God is saying, and what the devil is saying. Are you with me today? So the devil is a liar, he's a thief, and he uses lies to manipulate your mind and cause you to be afraid and to buy into it. And he brings you into bondage as a result. 
He said all their lifetime they were subject to bondage through fear. So he uses fear to, to get you to believe a lie and to make you afraid. And then it says in the book of Job, the thing that I feared has come upon me. So in other words, it opens the door. Fear opens the door to the devil. All right, let me give you another uh, example. When I went to Bible college, I uh, rented a room from an elderly lady. She was 80 years old, Mrs. Patton. Mrs. Patton was a great lady, loved Jesus. And uh, she, uh, actually, I found out later my mom had prayed that God would just give me like a grandma. Actually, I didn't have, my grandma didn't, uh, I didn't know my grandma on one side of my family because she died before me. And then, uh, then uh, I knew my other grandma, but she was sick uh, uh, many years, and I helped to take care of us, a little boy. And uh, so, she'd give me a grandma. Well, I didn't pray that, but my mom did. And so I got to Bible school, and it just happened. It supernaturally connected me with her. And I, I rented a room from her, and she became like a grandma to me, and she was uh, in my wedding as a grandma. So... The blessing of the Lord. You know, God loves us and cares about us, doesn't he? So anyway, here I am in this story. Uh, one day she talked to me about her sister. Her sister uh, had had this fear that she had cancer. And so she had this constant fear that she had cancer. So she finally went to the doctor. And the doctor tested her, gave her all the tests. You know, we're talking about when cancer was not so prevalent as it is today. But uh, the doctor did all the tests that they could in that day. And, and they fig- figured out she's as healthy as can be. She's like a very young woman physically. And uh, so she's very healthy. Nothing wrong with you. And so she went home. And, but she started thinking about that again. Started thinking about it again. So she had this fear. She had cancer. So she went back to the doctor, went through all the tests again, and he assured her again, you have a very young body. You're very healthy. Nothing wrong with you at all. And uh, so she went home, but she started thinking about that again. In other words, the devil was working on her mind. Fear was working on her mind. And so while she's thinking about that, eventually she actually did become, have cancer and, and in her body. And so she died of cancer. Well, that was not the will of God. So that was not God's plan for her life. She could have resisted that thought. Now, let me just ask you, myself included, anybody in here ever had a thought that you had cancer? Raise your hand. I mean, seriously, have you ever had a thought? I have. I've had a thought, but I resisted that thought. Now, some of you didn't raise your hand. You're just afraid to raise your hand. Why? For what? The devil might see you. Well, he ought to see you. I'm telling the truth. I had the thought, but I resisted it. Hallelujah. Thank God. You can resist the devil. I said you can resist the devil. And don't yield to those thoughts that come to your mind. And sometimes it's a thought that just puts pressure on your mind, and it's a spirit. You resist it like it's the devil. Just give it no place. The scripture says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 27, it said, neither give place to the devil. You say, well, uh, pastor, I, I, I didn't know that. Well, now you do. 
I, I, that's why I'm telling you, so that you can resist the devil when he comes knocking at your door, and you can resist him, and he has to flee. Submit, James says it this way, James chapter 4, submit therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will what? Flee from you. In other words, he'll leave you, he will run from you, just like he did Jesus. After Jesus resisted him, in three different uh, areas, Jesus resisted him by speaking the word of God, so that's your resistance to the devil. That's your resistance to fear is speaking the Word of God. I challenge you to get the Word of God in your heart and let it become a part of you and have it so in you that when the devil throws a thought at your mind that you know how to respond, you are like a first responder, praise God. You're not going to let that thing hang out at your house. You're not going to let it hang out in your mind. You're going to resist that thought. Cast down, the Scripture says, cast down every imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Jesus Christ. So you can resist the devil, but if you don't have the knowledge of God, you don't know what to resist him with. Are you, are, are you understanding? But he says the word of God. So you get the word of God in your heart and you get it then in your mouth. Whenever you have a thought that is contrary to life, Contrary to God, contrary to the Word of God, if it's a suggestion that it's going to steal, kill, and destroy you, then you say, oh, no, that's the devil. Hallelujah. I resist the devil, and I command you in the name of Jesus to leave fear. I speak to you. I command you to leave, and then start speaking the Word of God. Speaking the promises of God. Speaking with long life, he'll satisfy me and show me his salvation. Praise God. Listen, you may not have won every battle in life, but you're going to win the next one. Hallelujah. I said you did. You may not have won every fight, but you're going to win the next one. You're going to get armed and you're going to get ready. Praise God forever. If you consider all of the different, uh, different uh, murderous Things that have happened in our nation in, in the last years. And, and terrorism, terrorist people that want to take people's lives. They think somehow it is their right to destroy other people's lives. Well, just recently, they were, uh, one was doing that. And, and, and in 30 seconds, they took him out. That's a first responder. Hallelujah. So if you ever have any complaints about the police, think about that first responder that stood up in the face of that uh, murderous person and took him out. And I say, listen, narrow it down as quickly as possible. Take him down. Amen. Take him down in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Why? Because they're murderous. They're devilish. They're ruled by the devil, and we need to take authority over it. And some things you take authority in the name, but some things you have to use a gun as well. So, and so they took him out 30 seconds. So he couldn't kill any more people. Kill somebody, he didn't kill any more. And it could have been much worse, but thank God for first responders. You need to be like that first responder, those first responders. Hallelujah to Jesus. And you need to respond quickly. The quicker you respond to the devil, 
and respond with the Word of God in your heart and in your mouth, the quicker the devil will flee from you. Now, he might try another angle like he did with Jesus, but you have the Word. You're armed with the Word of God. You're ready to defend yourself. You're, you're going to defend yourself with the Word of God and speak the Word of God. You're ready to respond. Are you with me? Thank you, Jesus. Now, J.J. was in the military. He was in the Air Force, and, you know, and uh, he was telling me a story about someone, a, a, a soldier, and he was a commander. J.J. was a commander, and he had to tell him what to do, but fear struck him. And, and nobody, unless you have been there, understands what those soldiers go through. But fear struck him, and he refused to obey the order. Well, they had to pull him back. And they had to send him for some help. So he could, they didn't just uh, disregard, you know, his need. They uh, were able to get him some help so that he could regain himself and not allow fear to control him. And so you got to learn how to resist fear. We have a command from Jesus to exercise our authority, and fear will attack anybody. It don't matter who you are. It can attack you at the house. It can attack you in your car like it did my wife. It can attack you anywhere on the job. Fear can attack you, and the devil hits your mind with fear regarding your life. Come on, in any way. We live in a world of terrorism, but I'm not going to be afraid to go to the store. Certainly not going to be afraid to go to church. It's not going to be afraid to go anywhere. You say, well, where people gather, they might shoot them. Well, what are you going to do? Live at the house like that girl I described earlier. She just recalled and just went back into a depressed state and was living in the corner of a, of a bedroom. Because the devil is wanting to pull people into darkness and depression. John Osteen told a story. He's Joel Osteen's father. He's in heaven today. But he told a story how the devil attacked his sister. And his sister was in that kind of condition, depressed state. But he went to her house. He traveled to her house. And he went in and he commanded the devil to take his hands off his sister. And she went free. Hallelujah. She got delivered from the devil. Demonic oppression. Because the devil will put images in your mind. He'll put thoughts in your mind to bring depression and fear to your life that you can't control your own self, much less your circumstances or things around you. And he is a liar. He's a thief. And you have authority over the devil. And greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And you learn how to resist the devil and he will flee from you. But you have to get that uh, attitude right up front. You really do. Because the longer you let the devil play in your head, he'll just take advantage of you. But if you say be like a first responder, a quick responder, and you uh, just take your authority immediately. Don't wait 30 seconds. Don't wait 30 minutes. Don't wait 8 minutes. No, let's make it happen right now. Go ahead and resist the devil right now. Discern between good and evil. Discern what the devil is up to trying to depress you or make you afraid and say, No, I resist you, devil, in the name of Jesus and exercise your authority in that moment. Hallelujah to Jesus. When Jay Iris received a, a, a report, negative report, regarding his daughter, a, a, as soon as he uh, received that report, Jesus said to him, Fear not, 
only believe. In other words, Jesus wanted him to arrest that immediately. You have to arrest it immediately. If you do it immediately, it's much easier. If you let it hang out for two days, it's much more difficult. But either way, you can do it. But I'm just encouraging you, learn how to be a quick first responder to the Word of God and by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will help you to resist the devil, and he will flee from you. I said the Holy Spirit will help you to resist the devil, and he will flee from you.